Good. Had a little bit of Luke 15 in it, I think. But uh, any lost sinner coming to the Lord. Amen. Brother Rick Kesey, preacher Rick Kesey, up in Ohio, he saw some of y'all's posts today and uh, seen where we'd had a good service and some people saved. And he sent me a text and said, Preacher, who preached up there for you this morning? And I said, the Holy Spirit, you ought to have him in your church sometime. Amen. All right, let's turn tonight to John 12 tonight. John 12 tonight. John chapter 12, we're going to read about seven verses there tonight. John chapter 12 uh, tonight. Give you a few minutes, sir, to find your place, sir. Gospel of John tonight. We just went through John on Wednesday nights for about a year and a half or so. And uh, John chapter 12, where Mary comes to Jesus and anoints the Lord. If you're wondering what I'm doing, I'm getting my handkerchief out of Forgot mine at home, but I have a bag up here full of them in case I forget them. Comes in handy. Amen. But that was brand new. Still had the tape and everything on. All right, John 12 and verse 1, the Bible said, Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then took Mary a pound of ornament of spinard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of the ornament. And then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him, Why was not this ornament sold for three hundred pence and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because... He was a thief and had the bag and bare what was put therein. Then said Jesus, let her alone against the day of my bearing as she kept this. Thank you. You may be seated. Our Father, we do come, Lord, and we could leave now and truly say it's already been a blessing today to be here tonight and the Lord to be in the prayer room, to be out here, to hear the uh, songs and and, uh, Lord, to think upon uh, you and reflect upon you, and uh, we could leave right now and say it's already been good. Lord, you blessed this morning in a mighty way, uh, Lord, and uh, we realize tonight, uh, Lord, that you're probably not going to bless in the exact same way, uh, but that don't mean you can't bless in just as good or a better way. And uh, we know, Lord, that you're the only one that's able to do his very best and then outdo himself. And Lord, we thank you for being that kind of a God. Lord, I ask you tonight to once again come and open up the Word of God and then open up our hearts to receive the Word of God. And uh, Lord, I pray here in these next, uh, ever how long we're here, Lord, in this service, I pray that somewhere during the course of this service that, Lord, each individual person here tonight might become preoccupied with the thoughts of our God and our Savior Now, Lord, if there's one lost tonight, lingering tonight, we pray that they'd be saved. 
Lord, we know there was those that left this morning lost, and they're not here tonight, but you're there where they are. And we pray you'd continue to deal with them and speak to their hearts. Help those that have just found you to grow in grace and knowledge in the Lord Jesus Christ. Forgive me of my sins, shortcomings, and failures. Uh, Strengthen all my weak places, Lord, and help me tonight, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. As we uh, start in these scriptures tonight, as we uh, enter uh, what we might assume tonight would be the, the home of Martha, and we've got every reason to assume that tonight, uh, because in the last chapter, Lazarus was uh, sick, dying. He did die. And Jesus had come to where he was in chapter 11. And then the location here, the Bible said they came to Bethany. That's where they lived. And we know that Martha had a house there in Bethany because in Luke 10 and verse 38, the Bible said Jesus went there to Martha's house there at Bethany. And we have every reason to believe that this is Martha's house except for one. Uh, the Bible tells us over in, uh, over in Mark's account of this same story, in verse 3, the Bible tells us that they were at the home of a man named Simon the leper. And so where they're at tonight is at a home there in Bethany, but it's Simon the leper's home. And uh, some believe, and as you read and study, some believe that Simon the leper, that he might have had some relationship with Martha and Mary and Lazarus, and, and probably so because uh, Mary and Martha and Lazarus are sure making themselves at home there. Uh, Lazarus is at the table, and, uh, and Martha is preparing the meal. And uh, so it seems like she feels right at home there. And as we enter the house there, and we just as we come through the door, we smell some things. The first thing we smell is the meal. Martha's fixing a meal. You say, what's she fixing? I don't know. I know that about every time you read about Jesus eating a meal, that he's eating fish. And so, if Martha is cooking fish, have you ever cooked fish? That thing will fill the house. We just recently, at our house, we just recently, after 30 years, uh, we just recently got one of them hoods over the stove that sucks out all the smells. It's wonderful. Uh, I mean, uh, my wife fixed salmon the other day, not a smell. Used to when she fixed that, she had to go out on the porch to cook it because it smelled the whole house up. I love to eat it, but I don't like to smell it. And so whatever Martha was fixing there, the smell of it was uh, everywhere. What she was cooking, the smell of it was everywhere. Of course, a good smell. A smell that would make you hungry, I guess, uh, when you first come in the house. And that was a, a smell of the meal that we smell as we start in. But then we don't get too far in there and we have the smell of a man. He's an evil man. His name's Judas. The Bible said Judas is there in the house. Did you know there's some people that because of their character, because of their disposition, because of the way they are, because of their sin, 
They can just come into a place and just stink the place up. They can just run the atmosphere and the fellowship of all that what's going on there. And so we have the smell of a meal, the smell of a man, but then overriding the meal and overriding the uh, smell of this uh, rotten man, Judas, overriding the smell of all of that uh, is Mary's perfume. The Bible says that Mary has come here and she has what we're told is a pound of ornament of spinard, uh, very costly. We know that even though it's a pound, we know that it's liquid. The reason we know that's because the Bible says that she poured it upon the Lord. And so that would be about 12 ounces of perfume. When you study it out, it indicates that uh, it's, it's consecrated. It's, it's the strongest form. It's, uh, it's not watered down. Uh, and so she takes 12 ounces. I don't know what this is. This is 16 ounces. Uh, but she takes 12 ounces of perfume uh, and she pours it all of it out over the Lord. And when she does that, the smell of that perfume, it overrides every other smell that's in that house. And I want to preach tonight for a few minutes, if the Lord will help me tonight, I want to preach on the perfume of worship. The perfume of worship. The Bible says here that that's what Mary's doing and what Mary's doing has a fragrance about it. It has a smell about it as it fills all the house uh, uh, where they're at. Uh, can I tell you tonight, listen tonight, can I tell you uh, that if you get in a room where somebody is really worshiping the Lord, uh, I want you to know that that thing, uh, it'll fill all the house. Uh, uh, maybe the sounds of Amen, or the sounds of holy, 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 or the sounds of the sobbing and the tears weeping before the Lord, but it'll fill all of the house. And we had a little bit of that this morning, going on this morning, amen. I heard about a old man that one night had a dream, and as he dreamed that night, he was being escorted by a heavenly messenger, and he was being escorted, and he was escorted to the very church uh, where that he attended every week. Uh, and as he it was escorted into that church, uh, uh, he went in, uh, and uh, he could see all the congregation standing, uh, and all the congregation singing, uh, and all the congregation lifting up their voices, uh, but he could not hear a sound. Uh, he could see the pianist and the organist and they were playing the piano and playing the organ and they were playing them with all their might uh, but he couldn't hear a sound uh, he looked up and he saw the preacher up there uh, and uh, the preacher was saying things uh, uh, but not a sound was coming out of his lips uh, and so being amazed by what he saw but did not hear uh, he asked his heavenly escort, uh, uh, what would be the meaning of this? Uh, he said, well, uh, he said, this is what we hear up in heaven. Uh, he said, on Sunday morning when people gather to sing, uh, and on Sunday morning when the preacher preaches, uh, and on Sunday morning when the people play the instruments, uh, 
He said we do not hear anything because their minds are occupied upon where they've been, where they're going, the problems and the troubles that they have. And even though they're singing and playing and preaching, their mind is not upon it. And therefore it's silence up in heaven. I wonder this morning or this evening, I wonder how many worship services today that up in heaven they might have been laughing down here uh, but up in heaven they were nothing but silence uh, because the people's minds uh, uh, were not upon uh, what they were doing amen Uh, may the Lord help us when we come to worship the Lord Uh, may the Lord help us to leave all our problems uh, help us to leave all of what's going on next week uh, leave all of what we got to do uh, leave all of that in our car outside the door uh, and might we come into the house of God uh, and might we come in to offer up to him uh, uh, the sweet smell of the perfume of worship amen Uh, uh, when we look at this tonight I want to give you three things tonight uh, about the perfume of Mary's worship. First of all, the Bible said in verse 3, it said, They then took Mary a pound of ornament, very costly. First of all, I want us to see here this afternoon, for Mary, the perfume of her worship was very costly. It always costs you something to worship the Lord. If you really truly worship the Lord, it's always going to cost you something. I said last Sunday night, I said most people that were interviewed in a survey that was taken, they asked them, why do you go to church? And they said, well, I go to church for my pleasure. I go to church for me. I go to church for me to get something for me. Almost 90% of the people questioned said that was the reason they come to church. But the reason we ought to come to church is not for me and not for thee, but we ought to come to church for him. Amen. And I'll tell you, if we can really worship the Lord, our needs will get met. I'm telling you, we'll get the strength that we need to carry the burdens that might be waiting for us out there by the door. This is an interesting scripture tonight because we find everything, uh, uh, the three main ingredients that we need in our Christian life, uh, we find it right here uh, in the first of the three verses. Uh, First of all, we find fellowship. Uh, We see Lazarus, uh, and he's there at the table with Jesus. Uh, And uh, Lazarus has just been raised from the dead. Uh, uh, We're not told he says one word. Uh, uh, He doesn't say one word that we're told about. Uh, He's just sitting there at the table with Jesus. Uh, uh, Well, he's there, and he's fellowshipping with the Lord. Uh, He's supping with the Lord. Uh, The Bible said in Revelation 3 and verse 20, the Bible said, Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if any man will open up, I'll come and I will sup with him. Do you ever sup with the Lord? A lot of times I get up in the morning, please don't think me sacrilegious, but a lot of times I pour me a cup of coffee, and I say, Lord, I want you to sup with me this morning. And I sit there and meditate and think about the things of God. I don't think the Lord 
Lord, mine's a bid. I, I say, Lord, you told me I, that you're standing at the door knocking and if I open, you'll come in and sup with me. Now, folks don't do it no more, I, but when I was growing up, I, my grandmother and grandfather I, on both sides, they all drank coffee and they would make their coffee. My grandfather, he'd make his coffee and he would boil it in a in a bowl, just boiling water, put the coffee in there, the grounds in there, everything in there. That's the way they'd make it. And then he'd take about a half a can of pet milk uh, and he would pour that in there and then he'd put four or five uh, tablespoons of sugar in there uh, and I thought it was some of the best stuff I ever drunk in my life. Amen. Uh, uh, but you know what he'd do? He'd fill that thing almost to the top, but he had it in a saucer, and he'd, then he'd lean it over and let a little bit of it run out in that saucer, uh, and uh, then he'd, he'd take that saucer, and he'd sup on that. He'd, he'd sip that. He'd take that while the rest of it was cooling off, I guess. Uh, and uh, Lazarus is sitting there, and Lazarus is fellowshipping with the Lord. Oh, let us never downplay the importance of fellowship. Uh, that's why people need to go to church. That's why you don't need to be a Christian uh, uh, that just stays isolated. You don't need to be a monk. You don't need to be a Christian that ne don't need other Christians and don't need church and don't need people from other uh, walks of faith that teach the right plan of salvation. Uh, uh, we need fellowship with each other. Amen. Fellowship is important and we see that here. Uh, and then we see service and service is important. Uh, uh, there Martha is uh, and she's serving the Lord. She's doing what she does best. Uh, uh, she's cooking there. I heard uh, Sid Lowe Baxter say years ago, someone asked him, said, Dr. Baxter said, which one do you like the best? Do you like Martha or do you like Mary? He said, well, if it's supper time, I like Martha. He said, if it's church time, I like Mary. Amen. Uh, uh, so amen to that. Amen. Uh, but look here, she's serving the Lord. That's important to serve the Lord. Fellowship's important. We need that. Uh, service is important. Uh, it's important that you find your place in the Lord's service, uh, uh, whatever that might be, uh, uh, how, however much it might be. It's important that you find your place in the Lord's service uh, and then do what God uh, has gifted you to be able to do. I don't believe everybody can do everything. I, I believe a lot of unhappy Christians uh, are unhappy because uh, they're trying to do a service they have no gift for. Uh, uh, but I think the job of uh, every preacher and teacher uh, is to help Christians uh, uh, to find out what their gift is. Everybody's got at least one. Uh, uh, to find out what your gift is. Uh, and if you find your gift, uh, you'll be happy serving in that capacity because you have a gift to do what you're doing. Amen. Uh, and so we see Martha there serving. Uh, you said three things, Brother Rick. That's right. Fellowship, uh, service, uh, but then we see Mary worshiping. Amen. Uh, uh, we see her there at the feet of the Lord. Uh, can I say that above, more important than all of those, uh, uh, more important than the fellowship, uh, uh, more important than the service, uh, uh, Mary's outranks them all. Uh, uh, one of the most important things we can do as a child of God uh, is to worship the Lord. Amen. Uh, and that's what she came to do. Now, I want you to know uh, that that fellowship would soon end. Uh, 
Uh, they had talked for a little while and soon end. Uh, I want you to know that meal would smell good. They'd eat it uh, and in a little while it'd be gone. Uh, but I want you to know that worship that Mary offered to the Lord, uh, uh, it'll never stop. We're still talking about it tonight. Amen. Uh, I want you to know the most important thing that any of us have to do uh, is to offer worship to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And God our Father. Now, I want you to look here at the cost of Mary's worship. First of all, uh, it cost her out of her own personal treasury. When we look at this thing and, and go by what the scholars tell us, they say that that 12-ounce bottle of perfume uh, uh, would be somewhere in the neighborhood of $51. Now, that don't sound like a lot of money to you right now, uh, uh, but there's a lot of money back then. And really, it would equal to a year's wages. Uh, and so what she poured upon the Lord uh, would be a year's wages. Uh, in other words, it cost a lot. She had to uh, work to get it. She had to save to get it. It would, be, it would have been one of the most prized possessions, uh, uh, one of the most costly possessions that she had within her possession uh, would be this bottle of perfume. Uh, uh, you know what you've got that is the most costly thing that you possess uh, uh, right now? Do you know what that is? Why, it's your soul. Uh, uh, the Bible said if a man gained the whole world and lose his soul, uh, he said, what would he give unto the exchange? I'm glad I've already gave that. That is the most precious thing I have. I'm glad that I've already given to the Lord. Amen. But this thing costs a lot. And it'll cost you something to worship the Lord. It costs Mary something to worship the Lord. It costs her monetarily. It costs her some of her money. Did you know that did you know that giving to the Lord uh, is an act of worship? Giving to the Lord, that's part of it, amen. Uh, it's the part most people like the least, amen. Uh, uh, matter of fact, most people, uh, I've never been in a service where that uh, that got out of the banks during the offering but a time or two. Uh, I've been in some camp meetings when somebody come in uh, and they had a need, they had a need. I remember one time here we had a preacher that come in here to preach, Brother Mark Hunt, uh, and uh, we was having a meeting. He drove an old van in here from West Virginia that looked like it wouldn't make it to McDonald's. Uh, I noticed every tar on that thing was as slick as the top of this right here. Uh, and we got into a worship service and Johnny Campbell sitting right there and Brother Johnny said, Brother Rick said, we need to take up an offering for him. Uh, and I come up here and prayed about it a minute, thought about it a minute, and I stood up and I said, this man come all the way from West Virginia. I said, he's got a van uh, that's got lots of miles on it and he trusted to get him over here. I said, he about rode over here on air. Uh, and I said, when he goes back, I said, he's going to go back with a brand new set of tires. Uh, and I said, who's going to give the first hundred? I said, I will. And I laid a hundred dollars down there on that altar and preachers began to get up and people began to get up. Uh, and that pile got bigger and bigger. Uh, I don't know how much he got. Uh, he probably got 
got a lot more than that van was worth. Uh, but you know what happened? God moved in that morning. Uh, uh, God moved in. Somebody, uh, Jimmy Hood, told me one time, he said, Brother Rick, if you want God to show up, just start giving to a worthy cause. Uh, amen. And God will get in on that. I believe that. Amen. Uh, uh, but it cost her, it cost her, $51 a year's worth of wages she gave to the Lord. She gave to the Lord. Isn't that something? And then it cost her her time to come. Amen. I mean, I know it cost Lazarus. It cost uh, Martha. Uh, but it cost Mary the time she was there. Did you know this morning that our time, God's given us time. We don't know how much we got, but God's given us time. And do you know some people were not here this morning because they didn't want to give God any of their time. Amen. They, I've had people tell me, well, preacher, I work all week, like most people don't. I work all week, and they say, Preacher, uh, Sunday morning is kind of my time. Uh, no, in reality, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday is all the Lord's time. Uh, uh, and it's just a blessing that He lets us uh, uh, have some to use for our own personal use. Amen. Uh, uh, but I'm telling you uh, that we ought to be willing to set aside uh, uh, to give some time uh, uh, for the worship of the Lord. Uh, I'll tell you this this morning. Uh, your time will never be better spent anywhere uh, uh, than worshiping the Lord. Amen. Uh, uh, you'll never spend your time any better place uh, than worshiping the Lord in true worship. Amen. Uh, and then you say, she wouldn't give. And you know a lot of people will give a lot of money if it's somebody else's money. Yeah. You ever notice that? Yeah. Uh, a lot of people, I, I've seen it happen. I've seen people give a lot of money, but it ain't their money. And they'll give a lot of somebody else's money. But you see, what she gave was hers. Amen. The Bible said that having an alabaster box of ornament, in other words, it belonged to her. Amen. And so this morning, what we have this morning it may be ours, uh, but we need to realize that God's given it to us uh, and we need to be so willing and so ready to give our time, our money, our love uh, and all of that back to the Lord. Amen. Because He's done so much for us. Amen. And so Mary comes in and she comes in and she comes straight to the Lord. Uh, she comes with a purpose. She knows what she's going to do before she gets there. Uh, uh, do you know what you're going to do before you get here to church uh, uh, concerning the Lord? Uh, uh, well, we need to come with a made-up mind that I'm not coming to church to hear the preacher I'm not coming to church uh, uh, to hear the singing, though you might like the preaching, you might like the singing, but I'm coming to church to worship God. Oh, amen. Uh, uh, that's the purpose of why that we need to come to church. Uh, uh, well, poor Mary here. Uh, the Bible said that her worship was costly. I don't know what it cost for that food to fix that meal, but Mary's cost more. I don't know what it cost Lazarus to sit there and what he might have got done uh, if he hadn't been sitting there, but it cost Mary more. Worship 
is very costly. Amen. If it's the kind of worship that we need to be giving to the Lord. And so Mary comes and Mary takes that bottle and the Bible tells us that she takes that bottle and we have to put all three counts together. Matthew 26, Mark 14, and John 12. And we put them all together. We find that Mary comes in there. She takes that whole bottle of consecrated perfume. And she pours it on the Lord's head. And it runs all the way down. I don't think it took very long for the room to smell up with the perfume of her worship. Amen. I don't think it took long till that overrode uh, uh, the smell of fish, that overrode the sound of fellowship. Uh, and whenever we come to church uh, and we really worship the Lord, uh, it overrides everything else. Amen. Overrides everything else. But let me say this, uh, that whenever you come and you worship the Lord, uh, when you come, just like Mary did, to offer the perfume of worship, you might as well get ready that you are going to be criticized. Amen. And you know who usually does the criticizing? Ever who it is that ain't doing the worshiping. Amen. We find here in verse 5, it's, he said, why was not this ornament sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? Did you ever notice the people that talk the most about caring for the poor and giving to the poor, they never give to the poor? Check your local Democrats. You're welcome. Did you know that i seen that in a certain year, Jesse Jackson gave $300 to charity. Wow. We put that much change in the Sunday school offering in a year. Amen. Al Gore, who was always concerned about the poor. In a year's time, I'm talking about multimillionaires. In a year's time, Al Gore gave the whole total sum of $800 to charity. Amen. They're always talking about the poor. It's the same way in the church. Somebody will come up and they'll say, well, I think we'll be taking care of people here in Glasgow instead of sending to Mexico or or uh, Philippines or China. Uh, we got people right here that has needs. Uh, uh, yeah, I know we do. And I bet you don't help a cotton picking one of them. Amen. Amen. It's always that way. So Mary comes and Mary takes what's hers. It's none of, it's none of Judas' business. It's Mary's perfume. She can do what she wants to do with it. But Judas criticized her. You see, Mary offered the perfume of worship and she got criticized. But wait a minute, wait a minute. It wasn't just Judas that was doing it. Because we're told over in Matthew 26, 8 that when His disciples saw it, they had indignation saying, why this waste? It wasn't just Judas, it was some of the other chosen ones and they said why this waste 
Did you know that a lot of people tonight, if they knew where you was here, how long you're going to be here, how long you'd already been here this morning, they would say, you're wasting your time. Amen. They'd say, you're wasting your time. Now, if you'd been out on the golf course, if you'd been out fishing, if you'd been out in a deer stand, oh, that's totally all right. But if you're down at the house of God listening to preaching, down there worshiping the Lord, they say it is a waste of time. Amen. Many, many, many years ago, about 40 to be exact, my wife worked at a store over here. And I came into that store, talked to my wife a few minutes, and when I left, there was a lady there, and my wife told me this later. She said, who was that? She said, that's my husband. She said, what does he do? She said, he's a, he's a Baptist preacher. And she said, what a waste. What a waste. Did you know that there's people today that think that whatever you do for the Lord is a waste. I want you to know that nothing you give to the Lord, nothing you do for the Lord, uh, uh, even to the point of a cup of cold water, is not a waste. Amen. Uh, It's not a waste. Uh, The Bible said that all those disciples got mad. You know why they got mad? Because Mary's perfume of worship is filling the house and nobody's no longer watching Lazarus at the table they're no longer concerned about Martha in the kitchen everybody is watching Mary there as she offers the perfume of worship Uh, you know what happens when somebody gets in a good service and they maybe go to the altar and they really begin to worship the Lord Uh, uh, maybe they stand up and testify but they're really worshiping the Lord you know what happens every single time there'll be somebody in the crowd uh, that will criticize what that person is doing uh, and they'll say well uh, why did they do that. That was all in the flesh. That wasn't of the Lord. Uh, uh, That was a waste of time. Why did they do that? They wasn't doing that if it's real worship. They're not doing that for you. They're not doing that for me. They're doing that for Him. Amen. Uh, They're doing that for Him. Amen. You say, why why did they do that? Well, you see, Mary's worship broke tradition. Did you know whenever you break church tradition, it upsets folks? Did you know the Bible said that the Word of God is sometimes made of none effect by the traditions of the elders, by things that people have always done? Brother Sheets used to say, the last words of a dying church is, we never done it that way before. Amen. Amen. We look here. We look here. You say, how did she break tradition? Well, if you know the tradition of Bible days, uh, you know that when a stranger come into your house or a guest come into your house because they had no blacktop roads, they had no vehicles. You know, I was thinking the other day. Let me park that there a minute. You know, I was thinking the other day. I was out walking and I got to thinking, I think a lot when I walk, but I got to thinking and I thought, you know what, I bet Henry Ford is the cause of more deaths than any other person in the world. 
You say, why? Because people quit walking. They start riding everywhere. You know who the healthiest people there is? Walkers. Walkers, ain't none of us too healthy, are we? But walkers are a lot healthier than runners. Amen. Well, you take them, you take them Mennonites and them Amish, walk everywhere they go. And then I got thinking this. I thought, well, if Henry Ford wasn't the cause of more people dying than anybody else, uh, just through the fact they quit walking and their old heart got worse and they got where they didn't have no breath to do anything, I said, think about all the people that's been killed in car accidents. Uh, and I, 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 I just got thinking about that. You say, you're weird. I know I am, but I, I got to thinking about that, amen. Uh, one old fella told me, he said, Preacher, do you know what kills more people than anything? What two things kill more people than anything? I said, cancer and heart attack. He said, no. He said, a recliner and a remote. Uh, uh, well, I couldn't argue with him on that, amen. I couldn't argue with him on that. But you see, if you had come into a house there in Bible days, they'd have filled a pan with water and they'd got your old dirty feet in there and they'd washed them off and dried them off with a towel and that's what they'd have done. But you see, Mary broke tradition. You say, why? She didn't wash the Lord's feet with water. She washed the Lord's feet with the perfume of her worship. She poured that on the Lord's head and on the Lord's feet, amen. And they criticized her because they didn't like her breaking tradition. Can I tell you that Mary's worship, it brought conviction. The Bible said when the disciples saw it in Matthew, they had indignation. They got mad. They got upset. Imagine somebody worshiping the Lord causing somebody to get upset. You know why it did? It got them under conviction. Have you ever been in conviction in a church service? Because somebody done what you should have been doing. Amen. Made you feel bad. Amen. And so what we, what we do when, when we get under conviction and what somebody done makes us feel lower, we try to bring them down lower than we are by criticizing what they're doing and saying, well, it was in the flesh. It took too much time. We try to pull them down to a level lower than where we're at. And so Mary's worship brought conviction. Amen. And then Mary's worship bypassed everything else. You see, Mary come into that house, Simon's house, and Mary comes in that house. She comes in that house, and she goes right by Lazarus there sitting at the table. She don't even go in the kitchen to see what's for supper. She goes straight to the Lord. She bypasses everything else that's going on, and she goes straight to the Lord. That's what we need to do when we come to church. We need to head straight to the Lord. Amen. Don't worry about what sister so-and-so's got on. Don't worry about who didn't shake your hand or who did shake your hand. Amen. Don't worry about where so-and-so at. You can't do anything about it now anyway, so don't worry about it. Call them after church if you want to, but you can't do nothing about it now. But see, the devil gets our mind on all this stuff. 
so that we'll do everything but worship the Lord. But Mary comes in there, she don't want no supper. I don't know if she's a good Baptist or not. The Bible said when Jesus in John 4 is winning a woman to himself, the disciples said, let's go get something to eat while he's doing that. They're thinking more about eating than they are about Jesus and about him winning somebody. Mary don't care what supper is. She's not interested in supper. She does not even want a sermon. She didn't stop to see what Jesus was telling Lazarus. She just goes straight to the point of worship. Amen. Amen. Now, let me say this. Mary's perfume of worship was very costly. It cost you something to, to worship the Lord. It might cost you some criticism. Somebody might say something about what you're going to do. Somebody might say something about it because you made the service go a little bit too long. It might cost you some criticism. Couldn't cost you some friends. It might not speak to you for a little while. Who knows? Could cost you something. Mary's perfume of worship was criticized. But let me say this tonight, lastly. For Mary, the perfume of her worship was commendable. The Bible said in verse 6 Jesus said, Let her alone. Seemed like Jesus said that a lot. You remember when he rode into Jerusalem, the people were tearing off palm branches. They were shouting Hosanna to David. And those old Pharisees and those old scribes, they were standing there and they said, Lord, tell them to be quiet. Jesus said, if I tell them to be quiet, the rocks will start hollering out and they'll start making a racket. Amen. In other words, Jesus liked it. I've said for many years, I've never done it. I hope the Lord will let me do it sometime. But I want to preach a sermon on does what bless Jesus bother you? You see, that blessed the Lord, them people shouting and praising the Lord. That blessed the Lord, but it bothered them. What Mary's doing here, what Mary's doing, it blessed the Lord, but it bothered Judas. It bothered the other disciples, but it blessed the Lord. But Jesus said, let her alone. Why do you trouble her? She hath wrought a good work. On me. Isn't it interesting what the disciples called a waste? Jesus called a good work. His ways are not our ways, and his thoughts are not always our thoughts. We see Mary there, and while others are criticizing her, Jesus, the one she's worshiping, is commending her. You see, we read in Mark 14.8, we see the Lord praises her for her reaction. For it says that little phrase in Mark 14.8, it said, She has done what she could. She couldn't give 
A thousand dollars, she didn't have it. She couldn't pour a gallon of perfume on him. She didn't have it. Uh, but what she did have was 12 ounces of a $51 bottle of perfume. And she gave it all to the Lord. Have you done what you could? You done what you could? It's a question we need to ask ourselves, isn't it? Now, I don't wear aftershave. I used to. I used to wear that real expensive stuff called Old Spice. And somebody said, why did you quit wearing it? Because I've got tired of going in a restaurant and sitting down and eat and a young lady come up and take my order and said, you smell like my grandfather. <laughs> I liked it. It was good enough for my grandfather. It was good enough for my father. And it was good enough for me. Amen. I, uh, but I don't wear it no more. I don't, I don't wear any no more. Wear any no more. Amen. But Mary, she had that consecrated stuff. Amen. I told somebody the other day, you go into Walmart, you go into grocery store, me included, anywhere you go just about, everybody's got a mask on. And I was sitting down there with Connie when Marty was having surgery in the waiting room and everybody come in and had a mask on. We had a mask on. And I said, Connie, I said, I hate these things. She said, I do too. I said, within another year, every one of us ears is going to look like this. Amen. Uh, that's the way they're going to look in another year. They're going to look just like that. Mary did what she could. Could you imagine the offering we'd have had this morning? More important than that, can you imagine what a greater service we'd have had this morning if everybody just did what they could? So what could they do if they're saved? They could say, I'm saved. If they had a prayer answered, they could say, I had a prayer answered. If they had a song put on their heart, they could say, I got a song on my heart. If they needed to come to the altar, they could come to the altar. They could have just done what they could. Amen. That's what Jesus commended about Mary. Oh, the smell of the perfume of Mary's worship. Think about it. She poured it all over the Lord, all over his hair. Run down his face, all down, run down. We know it run down to his feet. And then you see Mary, the perfume of her worship, the reaction she had, she done what she could, but then the revelation. Do you know why Mary did what she did? Do you know why she done that? Why did she do what nobody else did? Jesus said in Mark 14 and 9, She has come aforehand to anoint my body for the bearing. Did you know that out of all the disciples, not Matthew, not Mark, not John, not Luke, none of the disciples ever got what Jesus said, that I'm going to die, I'm going to raise,
days on the third day, they never got it. But you see, Mary, she offered the perfume of her worship. She got down at his feet, uh, not just here, but back in Luke 10. Uh, Martha got upset because Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus and Jesus took up for her again and he said she's chosen that good part that will not be taken away from her. Amen. Uh, can I tell you that when you get close to the Lord, when you really worship the Lord, you really get tuned in with God, worshiping God, you're going to be given some revelations other people don't get. You're going to see some things other people don't see. You see, Mary, she got it. She saw it. Did you know when all the other Marys were at the tomb early, all the other Marys were there throughout the day. Did you know this Mary? David never came to the tomb one time. You say, why? She didn't have to. She had already anointed his body for the burying. She had already given her roses while he was living. Amen. She didn't have to go. She had already gave the perfume of her worship. He's already smelling it. Somebody said, give your roses while people are living because dead roses, dead noses smell no roses. I've heard people at the funeral home and noticed this over the years in doing funerals. Most of the time, the ones that take on the worst have treated the person and done the least for the person. No step. People that have done what they could, they may weep, they may cry, they may do that, but they don't make the spectacle that a lot of people do. You know why they do that? They do that because they're under conviction. They didn't do what they should have done while they were living. Amen, amen, amen. That's right. The Bible says... There's that revelation Mary had. The Lord said she got it. The Lord said she's anointed my body today for the bearing. She realizes I'm going to die. And I'm going to rise from the dead. And she knows I ain't going to need no spices down there because I'm going to rise from the dead. She give me her perfume right now. I hear people say, boy, when I get to heaven, I'm just going to get down at Jesus' feet. I'm going to just take a, a, a thousand years just tell him how much I love him. What are you waiting until you get up there for? You can do that down here. Now I want you to watch this. I'm just about done. The Bible says in verse 9, well, verse 3, the Bible says, let me read it here. Verse 3 said, Then took Mary a pound of ornament of spinard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was underlined, filled with the odor of the ornament. The perfume of her worship filled the whole house. The whole house. Wow. Isn't that something? Now, I want to show you something. You see, Mary took that bottle and she poured that on the head of the Lord. 
and it run down. Lord sat and she poured it on his head and it run down. And it run down on his feet. You could smell it there. If you around the Lord, you could smell it there. But then the Bible says Mary got down. And Mary began to take her hair and she began to wipe the Lord's feet with her hair. I was in a camp meeting in Dallas, Texas a few years ago. And there was a Nazarene lady, holiness lady, that sung there in that camp meeting. Had God all over. That lady from the time she was born, I've got a picture of it on my phone. From the time that lady was born until that night at that camp meeting, she had never cut her hair one time. Her hair came all the way down to the floor. And I'm not saying that about her hair. I'm saying this for this reason. When I seen that lady, I said, I know how Mary did that now. Mary had that long hair. And she just took her hair and just began to wipe the Lord's feet. Amen. And when she did that, that hair, the Bible said a woman's hair is her glory. And when she rubbed the Lord's feet with her hair, she was laying her glory at His feet. At His feet. Now, that smells. You say, why? I didn't put 12 ounces on it, but I put a whole bottle that's left on it. You can't smell it back there, can you? No, you, you can't smell it back there. But you see, Mary not only got it on the Lord, but she's got it all over her. It's in her long hair. And when she goes through the house, can you smell that, Bill? <laughs> she goes through the house. Is your smeller better than his? Amen. Everybody she passes, everybody she goes by, they're smelling her perfume of worship. You know why? You know why? You know what Mary smells like? She smells like Him. She smells like the Lord. Did you know when you get along with the Lord and you worship the Lord... And you get that all over you. When you go out in the public, you know what you smell like? You smell like Him. Amen. Did you get to smell? Do you want to smell? Yeah. That's the only expensive bottle of man's cologne that I had, and I used every bit of this sermon. I gave it all to the Lord, amen. amen. Poured it all out to the Lord. You smell that, David? Now, listen, Jesus had it on Him. And if you'd been up here, you could have smelled Him. But Mary got it on her. And now you don't have to be up here. You can smell it on her. And then, this is the Holy Spirit. You let the Holy Spirit get a hold of it. 
Let that stay there about 20 minutes. And it will fill the whole house. Amen. I'm talking about the perfume of worship. Amen. The perfume of worship. Amen. That's what's missing in our services. That's what's missing in our life uh, is we need to get back to what our sign says. Worship service. Amen. Uh, Worshiping the Lord. When you see Mary come in and she got down at the Lord's feet wiped it with her hair. You say, why did Mary do that? Let me explain it this way. You remember January the 20th, 1981. You say, what happened on January the 20th, 1981, preacher? Our American hostages came home from Iran. They've been over there, hostage in Iran. I can't imagine what it would have been like. But when they landed their plane, and when they got off the plane, before they shook any hands, before they thanked any dignitaries, they stepped off that plane, come down the gangplank, got down to where the ground was, and they bent over, and they kissed the ground! You say, why? Because they remembered where they had been and where they are now. Glory to God. I'm telling you, if you will remember where you used to be and where you are now, you'll be willing to worship the Lord. Amen. Amen. We smell like what? We've been around. Amen. You go in a house where there's about five smokers. Stay there about an hour. Riding a car with somebody and windows rolled up. Smoking a cigar. When you get out of there, you're going to smell like where you've been. When I preach a funeral... And it's a person that's highly thought of and there's a wall of flowers. Two things happen. One, my allergies begin to act up while I'm sitting there waiting to preach. Number two, when that thing's over, I smell like them flowers. Why? I've been around them, amen. I've been around them. Amen. You go where somebody's cooking. If she'd been in the kitchen, she smelled like Martha. But she'd been around the Lord. And she smelt just like the Lord. What do people smell tomorrow when you go to school? What will people smell tomorrow when you go to your job? What will people smell in your neighborhood? Will they smell that today you've been around the Lord? The perfume of worship. Mary's perfume of worship. Father, I thank you, Lord.